Hello, Fantasy Disc Golf fans, and welcome to Chill Disc Days, a sports ethos presentation. I am your host, Matthew Williams, and you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Chilliams and Instagram at Chill Disc Days. And I would like to officially welcome you to episode number 22 of Chill Disc Days. And on today's show, it is time for the Waco preview. It's been uh, a little bit since the Las Vegas Challenge review. Um, was really hoping to perhaps, you know, dive into some of the, the rankings that I had posted on social media. Uh, if you haven't seen that, check out Twitter, Instagram. I've posted some rankings for Skip Base, Heiser Base, and On Your Card. Uh, really interested in kind of seeing how the rankings fluctuate between all those scoring systems. So, you know, had a, had a little bit of a break um, in between Las Vegas and Challenge and Waco. Was really hoping to maybe get into like the rankings. Um, you know, Rick had mentioned talking maybe about on your card, t- touching base about some of the fluctuations in the scoring and whatnot. But yeah, I had a lot of I guess personal stuff happen um, over the last couple of weeks. I don't really uh, want to touch on too much. Um, but one thing I did want to do um, before we got too far into the show, um, I want to do a a brief moment of silence for. Uh, Eric Studer, um, he is the brother of Niall, who is a uh, part of the group of the disc golf guys I played with uh, in Iowa, the Domain Challenge. Um, oh my gosh, he passed away last week, and you know I only knew him a couple days, um, so I can't really you know talk too much about his life. But man, it was uh, it was really tough um, <clears throat> hearing about that. So. Um, just, you know, he was really, seemed like a real salt guy and it was really tough to hear about that. So, you know, disc golf is a community thing and he, he was just a guy who went <laughs> too soon. Um, I don't have too much more to say. I'm going to do a brief moment of silence for Mr. Eric Studer. All right, thank you. Um, let's, yeah, no easy way to transition after that, but um, let's get into the Waco preview. A few housekeeping things before we get going. Skip Ace, dude. Johnny V is starting a uh, fantasy disc golf show. We kind of touched on it, and I briefly listened to Smashbox this morning, doing this on a Wednesday morning, and he had mentioned that he started a Skip Ace show. So, I haven't listened to it yet. I don't want to get any thoughts, I guess, into my mind as I as I do my preview. But I have no shame recommending uh, to check out Johnny V's Fantasy Disc Golf Podcast. I mean, he's been in the game for a long, long time. Uh, he's got way more experience. He's been on the Disc Golf Network doing behind-the-scenes stuff. So for sure, recommend checking out Johnny's podcast. I think it's just called Skip Base. If you type Skip Base into your podcast, I'm sure you can find it. Um, on any of your podcast fees. Speaking of skip base, you know, we're talking about getting our rosters ready. Um, and I've just seen a few people looking at like who's playing. Skip base does have a nice feature where you could put like there's like a circle around the player's logo if they're playing that week. So if you have skip base, check your roster and see if there's a circle around there. There's also a it has their PDGA number in Skip Base where you can click the link to their PDGA page, look at their upcoming events. And like I said, definitely make sure the night before, double check their plane uh, to, before, you, before you cement that decision. Um, I did talk to Manuel briefly at Heiser Base, and I think he's looking at implementing something for Heiser Base to make it a little bit more user-friendly, seeing who's playing, but... You know, uh, we're gonna have to do a little legwork on our ends, uh, just to just to double check that you have the players playing that you need, because we will have some people back for Waco and some people missing Waco um, that we will touch on in our start sits. But just wanted to touch on those nifty little features for getting your lineup set. And before we get too much into things i think this is the kind of the time of the show we're over 20 episodes deep where i 
have to ask all of my listeners, everyone out there, to please do all of these social things. So if you can like rate this show on whatever podcast platform you listen to, um, leave a review, you know, um, give it five stars to quote Bomani Jones. If you give me four stars, I am inclined to believe you are a hater. So give me give me five stars. Uh, we're just trying to bump up the algorithm, you know. So if someone types in fantasy disc golf, maybe they'll find chill disc days and get ready for a fun season of fantasy disc golf. So when we get in the full swing of things next year, we can be fully going, make this the best show it can be. So, um, yeah, dude, if you guys could do anything to help out the show, rate, review, uh, just tell a friend. I'm not one to just like, you know, share on the socials. Like, hey, if you have a friend that plays fantasy disc golf, send him a text with the link, you know, like make it a little bit more uh, personal, I guess. Just like, hey, check out this fantasy disc golf show. And really appreciate uh, if you guys have any feedback, you know, anything I need to do better for sure. Let me know open to any feedback, but really want to um, just make sure I'm doing what I need to on my end to promote the show. We got to do the social stuff. It's part of the game. So really appreciate that. And yeah, let's get into the Waco preview. So this might be a little bit more in depth than I'm probably going to do for most previews but i you know i just felt bad doing that that lvc you know honestly i didn't think the lvc preview was actually as terrible as i kind of made it out to be um you know maybe hitting on some of the main features might be enough but waco i feel comfortable with this course so we're gonna do a pretty deep dive into the course preview before we get into some of the start sits so let's dive into it waco you're gonna see it's usually pretty windy, um, so wind will definitely be something we're going to be looking at in terms of the weather, how much of a factor that plays, but, you know, um, usually that's that's playing a factor. So a whole one right off the bat, you got those, like, tight gap, you got to make a decision off the tee, you got, uh, like, two trees you're basically trying to get through, or you can hyzer over, uh, you can't really go left side, that's kind of blocked off, there's OB left, so really starting off trying to hit a gap uh, a little testy and it's only about 300 feet but you see a lot of like the ob on the left side and behind the basket um it's on like a little hill so that could be a little tricky getting started uh hole two it's a par four you're kind of um it's so with this it's like the first three holes are kind of open but there's like trees still it's not gonna be open like las vegas but it's not going to be like your tight woods that you'll see later in the course. So like holes one through three are like kind of open, but they definitely have trees scattered throughout. So hole two is kind of one of those ones where you can get it. You're basically trying to bomb it out there without turning it over too much going into the the Brazos River. So this is at Brazos Park East, the beast. I guess should have touched on that. What course we're playing? Brazos Park East, the beast. You'll see McBeast usually go ham here. And yeah, didn't even know some Waco. So it's in Waco, but Waco Annual Charity Open is the name of the event. And that acronym actually, Waco Annual Charity Open, spells Waco. Uh, just realized that today. That kind of hit me. <laughs> but I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, Brazos Parkies, right by the river. So hole two, you're just trying not to turn it over too much in the river. Get yourself uh, in a position for... Uh, attacking the green on your second shot and basically trying to steer clear of the trees and not skip too far. And then hole three is a pretty standard 300 foot. You know, there's a, there's like a slight um, left to right hill on the right side of the basket that you can kind of like try to hyzer and scoot up near towards like an elevated basket. So um, that's a pretty that one I would say was pre pretty routine 300 foot. Just try to hyzer it up, play that hill, get up there. Hole four is where you're starting into the woods. So hole four is going to be real tight. Um, you're looking at a par four. There's like you're, there's like a landing zone up and to the left, about 170 feet. There's like one tree that really makes you take like an inside line where you can really chop it off early and end up into the woods. Or the outside line where you can definitely like throw it too straight and end up in the woods on the right side. 
So definitely like that landing zone, you definitely see a forehand come in handy on that second shot to where you can kind of moves back to the, the right a bit. And then there's like a, a dangerous screen. So you'll see water um, pretty close behind the basket with a, a little bit of a hill drop off. So really touchy, uh, touchy hole four. Definitely you're trying to stay in the fairway because if you get too deep into the in any of those brush, you're really just pitching out to try to get back in the fairway and tack the green. So this is where you really see like the tight fairways. Hole four for sure is a tight one. Uh, hole five is like 267, I think, but it's like plays 300 uphill. You see a lot of people throw a mid-range into the hill and just kind of scoot up. You don't see a lot of forehand lines on this one, but I think that's a definitely the the pretty standard. It's pretty open, not a big gap. You're really just playing uphill, hitting the hill, scooting up. Hole six is kind of the opposite. You're going downhill. You can do a backhand turnover. Forehand is a nice option on this one, but it does move straight to the right a bit. You're going downhill. Uh, seven is a, this is a, a really interesting one. You have like a tight gap to hit with a mando. You could definitely see if you kick right early, get into a lot of trouble on the right side. Um, just thinking like Lisa Fakus, I saw she got into a lot of trouble in 2021 getting kicked down to that right side. So I think that's a big one hitting that mando. Then there's like a gap, like a landing zone area where there's OB sidewalk left. And then you're trying to get across this like little goalie with a staircase to the basket and if you get caught in there your footing can be real tricky so you're definitely trying to finagle your way once you once you get past that initial gap on seven off the tee get out of that danger probably like a straight with some fade at the end to get you into that that landing zone and then get you across that goalie get yourself you know not too deep so you have a comebacker with that goalie right there but you definitely want to get across so you're not stuck with some weird position at seven uh hole eight real tunnel uh 213 feet you know you could play the forehand with uh low with the little ground play but it's a real tight yeah one of the uh, few like really tight narrows uh hole hole nine is like a par five tweener yeah, it's par four for the men and par five for the women. But there's like a bit of a yeah technical hole. You're trying to get like straight and then there's this bowl that you kind of dip down into that you're trying to get to on your like second shot. And then you can kind of attack the green. But you definitely see a lot of people like getting into that bowl, getting into some of the, the rough so staying safe off the tee and attacking that kind of bowl area um, downhill is is a big part of this hole. Um, just staying in the fairway again is a big theme on this one. Uh, hole ten is kind of one of your more open holes, definitely on this on this uh, middle stretch of the woods. Is you're pretty much long and straight off the tee. Um, you can pretty much bomb it. There's some tree trees scattered throughout, but pretty pretty safe for most of it until you get down the fairway and then that one's pretty much just keep throwing it straight and don't let it fade or turn over um, too much and and you should pretty much be fine then you get to 11 which is another tunnel shot and there's definitely a line of trees once you get oh maybe like a hundred feet from the basket like on the maybe offset to the right a bit of the basket that really forces you to try to throw it straight or kind of take a outside route to fade back in but another tough like tunnel shot and then you go to a hole 12 which will you know exit you with the woods having you ready to get out of there par five i think one of the toughest holes on the course yep definitely played as one of the toughest holes on the course last year and it looks like it's actually a par par four for the men, par five for the women. So there is a couple uh, mandos that you have to go to a drop zone if you miss. But this hole, it's long and it's kind of like going straight and then moving right most of the way. So you're really just playing the fairway. Yeah, just staying safe in the fairway. I mean, it's got to be like 
15, 20 feet wide down the hallway. So just crazy tight moving, moving right. So uh, real tight, tight fairways the whole way down there to to exit you out. And then you go back into the open on 13, you know, um, kind of like maybe like hole two. You just, just kind of throwing it out there with some like trees scattered throughout but not like the tight tight fairways par four you're just basically trying to get it out there avoid hitting any trees and give yourself a nice upshot without going too deep uh hole 14 you have like a um that triple mando uh what that what would you call that that thing in front of the t i don't even know what you would call that but it's like a triple mando that you have to go through that you see with uh, OB sidewalk around it. Uh, 15 is the staple, like a notable hole here. It's the uh, electrical box hole. So this is one where like wind you see definitely play into a factor. This is the hole that they start off in the playoffs. Uh, I believe Big Germ won both his playoffs on this hole where he got to play it safe. I know I watched the one with Nate Perkins where Nate Perkins hit someone on his first drive on the playoff and Big Germ was able to play it pretty safe but um wind's usually a factor like crosswind so you're really just trying to stay in the fairway you know you have the ob sidewalk left and then you have that ob fence line right you got the electrical box and some like railings and stuff in the way so just staying in the, the fairway staying safe on this one wind becoming a factor uh hole 16 this is like really the only wide wide open one where you can just let it rip uh, there's an elevated basket at the end with some OB sidewalk deep right when you get there. But really that first shot, you can just let it rip and then get yourself up there for a birdie. Uh, hole 17, this is like that dog leg kind of right where you're going up and you have that thick forest. Those thick trees on the right side. So you're kind of going uphill, getting it perched on the top of the hill and then you'll have water on the left and then the trees on the right you're kind of going down that that valley this is where you saw Valerie make that huge shot with Kristen charging last year a lot of people say like the shot of the year so this is one where I think definitely having a forehand can come in handy to get you a placement shot but really just um, giving yourself an opportunity to attack and stay stay out of danger on 17 and then 18 we end in big. You got the big water in the middle. You could play it safe to the left side. Uh, I think you saw like Nate Perkins uh, play like the Heiser route. Just play the hill on the left side and then go across. You can go big, but you see a lot of people kind of turn it over and go OB if you go for the basket. So you have the option. You can go big for the eagle, try to go across the water and pin it, but then you have the the danger of going OB or you could just play it safe kind of like play to the left side and then go across and try to snag your birdie so it's a really great finishing hole uh gives you some strategy options depending on where you're at in the tournament so some I mean big themes I think you see throughout Waco you see the forehand definitely comes in handy uh you saw big germ you know back-to-back champion but and, and Calvin also mentioned like the chip forehands for sure come in handy. Like a hole four, once you get to that second shot in that landing zone, having a chip forehand scrambling, you know, if you do get off the fairways and need a chip forehand to get out, I think you definitely see that comes in super handy. Um, not necessarily like you don't need big, big distance on the forehand. The only ones I could think where big distance on the forehand is like that whole seven or whole 15 just playing it safe getting a nice getting in a nice placement shot like um or if you get tucked up into the that fence having a forehand can be a good whole six plays well for the forehand that downhill one but that's like a more touchy shot um whole nine going into the bowl I think the forehand comes in handy. Hole 11 has a forehand line. Hole 12, that par 5, almost is ideal, or that long one, almost ideal starting with a forehand. So 
like starting off the tee with the forehand is actually the ideal shot and then it gets you moving to the right for hole 12 one of the toughest ones so uh that actually yeah, a big one hole 12 having a nice a forehand definitely comes in clutch on that one but if you don't got the forehand definitely touchy mid-range um you know you saw kale lavisca's done really well at this event paul mcbeth's obviously crushed it here luke Humphreys, yeah had that chip forehand game last year so you saw him do pretty well so you don't need like crazy distance at waco you know, you see some of the Texas guys, Nate Perkins and Luke Humphreys doing well, uh, having some experience in the wind, I think for sure helps. Um, just making some making some putts, you know, um, you know, I see Lisa Fakus do well here as a, as a putter and scrambler. So I really think like putting, scrambling, having a complete forehand backhand game is really going to be crucial by that same logic i think you could say maybe lefties will do well here um like zach melton finished i think 44th and 60 at the last couple years chris clemens placed third last year and then seventh the year before so um he's definitely going to be a guy we're looking to bounce back after a tough showing at las vegas that should have been a I think I touched on him as a buy low, but man, really should have focused him in on the buy low for sure after LVC last week. Haven't made too many trade. Uh, I haven't made too many trade inquiries yet. I feel like it's a little early. You know, like beginning of the year for sure, uh, trading could be like if you're on top of it for sure, but I was not on top of it this year. I, I hope I gave you guys some good options if you were trying to trade. Maybe the trading will probably be like since there's not really a set feature in skip base for trading it's really a lot of like communicating you can't just like throw an offer out there someone gets an email and they can sit on it it's really just kind of chatting and a lot of back and forth so whether that's good or not um we'll see but i definitely did not as uh i was not as aggressive on trading this year and fantasy basketball either which fantasy basketball is Coming up next week is the playoffs, and I am super stoked. Uh, I have Damian Lillard on a couple teams, and boy, he is red hot right now, and I am loving it. I got one team. I have uh, Damian Lillard and James Harden, and I've got like, it's a real specific build, but like it is, I think, primed for the playoffs. So it's like a punt field goal, punt field goal percentage, punt blocks, punts turnovers essentially almost a punt rebound but my guards get quite a bit of rebounds so i'm kind of iffy on that but yeah it's a real specific build but real excited for um fantasy basketball playoffs coming up but we talk on fantasy disc golf still do you guys want to know some sit starts all right well let's get into it uh i'm looking at like first off we gotta i think we gotta look at some of the lone star guys emerson keith has been on a tear i think like the crush of the concho he got some win practice. Um, his game, I think, will suit up nice for here. Here, you know, chip forehands, smooth. I'm honestly thinking about using him as my survivor pick. But uh, one thing I want to touch on: survivor picks. Skip Ace does have Silver Series. So when I did my Skip Ace survivor picks preview, I did not include Silver Series. So I am revisiting my picks and. I think I'm going to have Emerson for Texas States next week. Um, I think I'm going to stick with Nico here. You know, he still has like the turnover shots. I think Nico will be fine. He didn't crush it at the Concha or LVC, but I think this this will be a good week for him. So, dude, Lone Star, I'm looking at Nico. I'm looking at Emerson Keith. Charlie Moore placed 12th last year. He's part of the Lone Star team. He hasn't really done much else, but... Looking at his Instagram, he says he has like his forehand is back, feeling good. He has like a 400 foot forehand. So I've kind of touched on, I think, you know, the forehand comes in handy. Plays 12th last year from the area. I think he could be, I probably wouldn't start him depending on, uh, I guess, how deep your league is, but like in a season long format, probably wouldn't do it. But I would look at him for like maybe like an event league or an on your card where he could have some value as like a sleeper pick. I think uh, Charlie Moore for sure will be a good value. Robert Burridge, I'm kind of looking at as well, uh, watching his game. I mean, he's got kind of like the tools, the 
the touchy turnover on forehand and the Texas. Um, he played Des Moines Challenge, which is kind of a mixed course as well. And, you know, had that runner-up last year. So I think Robert Burridge is another guy. He placed, what, 30th at LVC last week. So uh, kind of like the boomer bust, but I think this could be one where you really look at I'm looking at for sure Robert Burridge is a... I think I have him in one of my on-your-card lineups. Uh, Nico, for sure, starting. AJ Carey could be... Uh, I saw him at Des Moines Challenge as well. He was on a card, I think, with like James Conrad, Kevin Jones, and Philo at Des Moines Challenge 2021, which wasn't super far back. Another mixed one. So, I don't know. Like, he could be a sleeper guy, too. I think people... AJ Carey is a guy. People, he doesn't get a ton of a ton of love or recognition, but another guy on the Lone Star team. I think he could have a sneaky pick. I mean, I mean, I'm probably not expecting like a huge finish, but if he plays top 40, I think that would be a pretty nice result for AJ. So that could be um, one to look at. Luke Humphreys. You know, I I said I might have him on the sit list again, and and uh. He, what, his interview last year when he was on lead car, he said Waco was like his second least favorite course. And LVC, he apparently absolutely loves. So I'm doing starts right now and I had him on starts. But now that I'm talking through it, I think I'm still going to have him on sits. Like I know his game fits well for here from Texas. Well, I guess he's actually from Wichita, but like grew up playing in Texas. So shout out, yeah, uh, mix of Kansas and some Texas, Texas golf, but uh, I'm going to let you guys make the call on that one. I'm iffy because he could, like, he, he didn't do well before last year. I think he was outside the top 70, but his game does kind of fit well for here. So I think it'll really just be kind of where he's at mentally. Um, maybe he does have a back-to-back hot starts, Waco, LVC, like he did last year. He was runner-up last year at Waco, so... I think if you have Luke, you're probably starting him. I just, I don't, I just like, even after LVC, I just still don't have the the extreme confidence, but it's, uh, it's disc golf. Anything can happen. Kale LaVisca, he's been on a tear taking a, uh, down some of the MP40. He just took down Memorial MP40, LVC MP40, but looks like he should be playing MPO for this one. Waco suits up super well for, well for Kale um, with that kind of touchy, touchy um, mid-range turnover game, so uh, Mister Smooth or Doctor Smooth, one of the Smooths, Kale, definitely. I'm starting him over Luke Sampson. Just to let you know personally what I'm doing. Um, I have him over Luke Sampson. Luke Sampson placed 50th in 2022, and then 54th in 2020 and 2021. So not terrible. He stayed consistent around the 50s, but definitely I have Kale. I'm looking to start. Uh, Thomas Gilbert tied for fifth last year at 16 down with a 10 down final round. So um, I think if you have him, you're definitely looking for him to bounce back after LVC. So this is where you want him to do it. All right. And if he doesn't bounce back after this one, then maybe people will probably, he'll probably be a buy low candidate for sure if he doesn't do after this one. Um, but yeah, I think you're looking at him to do well. Uh, Goose was fifth last year. He has the forehand game. So I think he, yeah, he could be a sneaky one to do well again. Casey White, I think he's going to do better here. He got some win practice at Crush the Concho. He's got a nice scramble game as well. So I think Casey White, if you have him on your team, you're probably looking to start him. Uh, Zach Arlinghouse, if you picked him up, I think you're like riding that. Grady Shoe is playing this event. He was 14th in 2020 and 19th in 2019. 1030 event rating both years. He's going to be a guy probably on waivers that you can pick up and place as a, you know, probably probably not a season-long starter depending on your roster, but another one of those event matchup or on your card deep value picks I think will be someone to look at. Uh, Jakob is playing. He's an aggressive spin putter, so if the wind is a factor, I could for sure see him step up and take advantage of the the wind situation. I think he plays well in the wind. So Jakob's a guy I'm looking at, depending on the conditions. 
Uh, Linus Carlson's going to be playing. Uh, you know, I think he does better in the woods. And I think he'll, this should be a good course for him. Matt Bell, Nate Perkins is playing. And then Nate Sexton uh, is playing. He placed fourth in 2018. I believe this is the only time he's played this event. But, dude, what are you thinking? Chippy forehands, forehands. He's got the backhand combo. I think Nate Sexton for sure is like, uh, I might put him on my grip six pick six. I might, yeah, wherever you have Nate Sexton, you're plugging him. I think he for sure has the capability to win this event. Um, Connor Rock has been crushing it. I've just looking more in his game, dude. Northern Arizona grad. Let's see. He was 2022 College Disc Golf National Championship. Played D1 singles, 6th place last year. D1 team, 12th place. Just played A through C tiers last year, but crushed it. He was 7th at Goat Hill, 14th at Las Vegas, 22nd at the Memorial. He had 91% C1X putting at Las Vegas Challenge. So, dude, Connor Rock, like, I am trying to find a way to get him on my team. I just, my roster, I think, is... Is too deep, you know. I definitely looked at maybe Paul Omen putting him in, but I think I'm at a point where I still have Connor out the watch list. But man, I really want to try to find somewhere to put him on my team. But dude, keep watching if he keeps if he puts up like another top 30 at Waco, he definitely can be someone we're looking at targeting to pick up off waivers if if someone hasn't already. I think he could. Like, it could be a breakout year for him. Um, I, it's his first year, but like a breakout campaign. So we'll see. Um, MPO sits. I know Anthony Barella is not playing. Drew Gibson's not playing. I believe Evan Smith is not playing. Gavin Babcock looks like he's registered, but he had that foot injury, so I would not. Uh, Jeremy Colling looks like he's registered, but ankle injury. Uh, Ricky Wysocki, I believe. This is one I think Ricky is playing, and it's like with his. That's a tough one. I like. I'm not gonna tell you to sit Ricky, but I don't think he's exactly. You see, he placed 12th last year, 11th, 2021, 49th of 2020, second of 2019, 13th, and 2018 is third in 2017. So. If you have Ricky, you're not sitting him. You know, you're starting Ricky. He's a he's the scramble king. Um, I know he hasn't crushed it here, but he's the scramble king. And there's only one year out of the last six he placed outside the top fifteen. So if you have Ricky, I think you have to start him along with Kristen Tatar for sure. She'll be back, so you got to start Kristen. Uh, Paige Pierce is going to back. You're going to start her. Valerie Mondohano, I think she's still registered. This is one I... I would wait until the day before. And uh, it depends on your roster. Personally, I think you start her. Obviously, she won the event last year. And even if she's not 100%, you know, I think you have to do it. I just... I would be kicking myself so hard if if she did well and I didn't start her even with that injury. So we'll see. I believe she's currently still registered. So um, we'll have to see if that change. Check your lineups on Thursday night. Uh, Waco starts Friday. So LVC was a four-rounder. This is a three-rounder. So Thursday night, you're going to be checking those lineups, those PDGA pages to make sure. Uh, Logan Harpool is playing this event. Uh, so... Kansas guy knows the win touchy game I like Logan Harpool and if we weren't clear these are all MPO right now we'll get to the FPO in a bit um so yeah not playing we got Barella Gibson Smith Babcock Coin. yeah uh, still gonna start Ricky uh Albert Tom he got 28th last year but still don't not trust in his game really in the woods. His putting, he was 16 of 27 C1X putting at LVC, which is round, which was 105th, 59.26. Kevin Jones, for comparison, 
44 for 47. First to LVC, 93.62%. So, I mean, they have a similar straddle, and Albert just doesn't get, like, dude, Kevin puts it so low and gets so much, like, hip and just oomph into it, and, like, Albert's just not doing that. And I just want to see that putt get better before, like, Waco wind. Like, I, I just don't like the putt right now, and uh, I sat him last week at LVC, and I don't regret it because he didn't do great even for having that monster arm. Um, Tristan Tanner, I'm going to sit. He was 86 in 2022, 59th in 2020, 86 in 2019. Pretty poor circle and regulation numbers. Um, Luke Sampson, I touched on him sitting. Colton Montgomery, he, <laughs> this is a tough one. He won the event in 2020, but placed 70th and 99th the last two years. So... It's like, what do you do with that? If he won <laughs> just in 2020, but I think that was, was that the two-rounder, the COVID year? So that might have been a little bit fluky. Uh, but yeah, I think I'm going to have Colton on my sits list. Um, I don't think you can afford a 70th or worst. It depends what your roster's like, but I'm going to have him on my sit Chandler Kramer is a guy that I am going to have on the sits list. And um, I kind of touched about him on the draft guide is is you just can't prioritize every player. So uh, like in fantasy, you just kind of have to identify parts of the games that you don't really like. And, you know, with Chandler being exclusively forehand, um, I just don't trust the touch on some of those shots to like not fade at the end. I think especially in Waco, there's too many shots that you have to stay in the fairway. So I just don't trust the forehand. And then I don't trust the putting yet. You know, he was, let's see, he's 71% at LVC last week, which was 94th. And then for this season in 2022, he was 77% C1X, which was 173rd. So, um, And he was outside the top 100 in greens and regulations. So Chandler Kramer, yeah, he's a Lone Star guy. Um, didn't really touch on, about, on him with the Lone Star people. But, you know, he's just a guy I'm really not targeting. I really think his value throughout the year is going to come in terms of kind of what Evan mentioned with trying to play every hole. So like silver series, um, getting that in. So, but like in terms of like weekly season long value, Chandler is just a guy I'm really not targeting until I really see some stretches put together. Um, he placed 44th at Waco last year, 70th at Open of Belton, 45th at Texas States. So like that Texas swing not placing inside the top 40 is not really super encouraging. So Chandler's a guy I'm really kind of down on uh, from a fantasy perspective. I mean, I like, you know, there's kind of one of the things you have to separate the person from the fantasy player. You know, I like Chandler. Uh, he seems funny. I like the Lone Star squad, but from a fantasy perspective, definitely down um, on on his game this year. Um, I have some watch list guy like Zach Melton. I kind of touched on the lefty 44th in 2022, 60th in 2021. Just like seeing his Instagram, he seems like he's kind of like in the zone right now. So like I kind of want to put Zach Melton as a sneaky start uh, in some kind of format. I just don't have the guts to do it. So just depending on what your roster is, maybe if you are doing it on your card or the um event that could be a a sneaky pick and just some other guys i'm looking at justin rozak was 25th last year uh he got 39th at lvc and 17th at crush on the con show uh, i think he's he's just a name that i'm not super familiar with but i've definitely seen pop up a lot and um i'm gonna have him on my watch list until i get, learn more about his game um crush on the con show you had a couple names pop out that I don't believe we'll, they're not going to be at Waco, but they will be at Texas State. So I kind of want to get an early look at them. Uh, Jaden Rye got third. Didn't see much about his game, but Blake Whitehead was seventh. And he had a real big forehand. Um, looks like he loves throwing some power forehand hyzers. So 
that's a name I am going to keep an eye on if there ever is a situation where like power forehands are coming in. And then just some uh, Micah Groth was the 2021 NADGT National Championship winner in Austin. So Texas familiar, perhaps Parker Wilk and Elijah Bickle are other names that like I've I've seen Elijah um, in some woods golf. He's did pretty decent. Um, but these are just some names that have caught my eye on recently that I'm I'm watching because it seems like they could make a push. But I, I'm not going to tell you to start them or anything for this week, but those are some names I'm looking at. Um, FPO. I think a big name you're going to see. The, the fantasy gym we had last week was Caroline Henderson. Uh, I've seen, I think she's a big name it's going to be popping up for this week uh she's from texas placed top 10 at lvc ride the momentum like i still don't know a ton about her game so like i i can't recommend her only from the pure standpoint of she seems like she's got the talent she's from texas Uh, i think you just gotta ride it i don't have too much more in-depth analysis than i think you have to ride caroline henderson if she's out there for this one uh, Sayananda was another one I touched on where, where don't panic after LVC. I think, um, with some of these touchy, touchy, like Anheuser shots, I think Sai could do well here. So I'm curious to see how she does. Um, Lisa Fakus, Lone Star rep, excited to see her this first year. Um, good scramble forehand game. You know, functional distance. I think she should. She's typically done well here. I'm expecting her. I think I'm gonna have her as my survivor pick here too, over Holland Handley. Uh, I, I want to save Holland for more like about pure distance one. So, uh, just spoiler for that. Uh, Deanne Carey, kind of going along with the Lone Star. You know, she was 22nd last year, 30th the year before. I think she could be a nice starter. Uh, Rebecca Cox has had some success here. Uh, she has made the the top 15 line the last five years. So that's an, that's another one I could be looking at for my survivor pick. Um, yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, Alexis Mondejano maybe ro- taking the place of Valerie uh, in terms of the, the winner circle this year. And then the last one I have is, is Hannah... Hunye, uh, however we say her name, I think she's just been on the uprise, and I think if you, if she's on waivers, I think she, like, if you have room for it, this is another one of those ones, depending on how deep your roster is, I think she's one I'm really looking at, at doing well here, um, some of the sits, like, I'm just kind of looking at some of who these, like, fringe FPO players are, like, I think right now, like, Cynthia Ricciotti and Erica Stinchcomb are, like, fringe players who almost you're, like, targeting for for Silver Series or certain events. Like, you know, they're kind of around, like, that 30th, I feel like, kind of place finish. And so I'm just going to have them on sits for Waco. And, and But, like, just kind of, like, keep an eye on them. Like, Silver Series, I think you can look at them to plug in and and crush it depending on what the field is looking like but i think those are some of the fringe players i've kind of noticed i think cynthia and erica are like you want to root for them you know from a real life perspective you gotta love them but for fantasy they're just kind of like fringy right now um violet main is a name that i've seen kind of pop up she's on my watch list and then ali smith uh thought she was gonna crush it at lvc got 25th curious how she's gonna play in the woods i believe like her she her home course is like bad rock creek which is mainly open uh it's from liberty i've kind of around there but there's only really a few woods holes i would say so i'm i'm just curious how she's gonna do in the woods i'm gonna have her on the sit list um for this week and we'll see we'll see how she does um i think that i i had valerie on the sits list i that's gonna be a tough one i think you're really gonna have to see you check in the night before see how she's feeling and look at your roster personally 
I think you have to start her. <laughs> I really do. I know it's going to be a little nervy seeing how that ankle is. I mean, if anything, you start her and you get a DNF, maybe you have that alternate. Ooh, that is a little risky. So Valerie could be a tough one because if she ends up like, let's say, re-aggravating that ankle injury, you get a DNF and then you get the lowest FPO. And I already touched on how much I got wrecked by page shoot if you use the scaling point system. So um, that's another reason I'm really interested in doing all these rankings is is seeing how these different uh, systems affect the the rankings. So so you're look because like we're doing fantasy analysis. So part of fantasy analysis is looking at what platform you have, you know. So um, yeah, I think that will be interesting. All right, and then survivor picks. I think I'm actually going to shift from Nico to Kale LaVisca. Um, I just think with Kale, he's placed top five here the last three years. You're seeing him play a lot more MP40. So if you know he's going to be doing MPO, he's placed top five the last three years. And it's not a, it's like a Woods. I think his game suits up super well. So I think I'm actually going to make the pivot from Nico to Kale LaVisca as, as my survivor pick for Waco. I, I, I was looking between Lisa and Rebecca Cox. I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to go Rebecca Cox on this one. She's placed top 15 the last five years, but Lisa is definitely one I'm looking at too. I think you could go Lisa or Rebecca. But if I have to make the pick, which I do, I'm going to go Rebecca. Your your grip six, pick six, I am going to go with Kristen Tatar. I think, you know, she's back. And until she proves she's not dominant, I'm going to assume she is dominant. So I'm going with Tatar. The second one, like I went to FPO4 MPO last week and it ended up being pretty close. I think the ideal was five FP five MPO, one FPO. But I don't know if Tatar is necessarily gonna run away with this. Um I'm gonna go with Scoggins as my second FPO pick. She was fourth in 2022 and second in 2021. 970, 967 rating, kind of fits scramble, forehand game, putting. I like what Owen has for this one. So I'm going to Tarn Scoggins. Then I'm going McBeast. He always does well here. Chris Dickerson. Uh, he's got the the whole package for this event. And then I'm going to round it out with Nate Sexton. Uh, touched on he got fourth last time he played here. And I think his game suits up well for here. And then Kayla LaVisca um, using my survivor pick place top five here the last three years so i um, think i'm going to use those two gentlemen to round out my grip six pick six my skip base weekly lineup i have let's see right now i have robert burridge at 1008 i did do charlie moore at 1004 i went paul Macbeth at 1050 and chris dickerson at 1044 then i went katrina allen at 968 and hannah hoon at 922 Katrina Allen's played well here. It was just, yeah, I think that's just how my points worked out. I think ideally I would like to go own or Tatar, but they were a bit pricey. So I went Cat and Hannah was 922, so a bit of a sleeper. Um, my other skip base lineup for the uh, event for Dismember, it's like the... Uh, of, prize league the free prize league um which is all mpo i went let's see i went a different strategy all right i got kale lavisca at 1029 nate sexton at 1035 chris clemens at 1033 and then i went luke humphreys at 1016 robert burge at 1008 and then charlie moore at 1004 yeah we'll see how that does a little mix of you know kale chris and nate have the history and then Robert, Charlie, and Luke were kind of cheaper that should have some upside for this event as well. 
on your card picks. I Paul McBeth, dude. I I went Paul McBeth to get some points. I went Chris Dickerson. Robert Burridge was fifteen ninety three and on your card. I thought that was a great value. So I have him and then Sayananda bumped up to eleven fifty five. I mentioned I wasn't panicking on Sai. I mentioned I wasn't gonna sell her for on your card. And I think she will be a good value here. Um I'm gonna try a let's see, I think I got Survivor Picks, Grip Six Pick Six. We did the weekly event lineup. We did on your card. We've done our start sits. So I think I'm gonna try a different little segment at the end. This is gonna be uh I think what Mac Nick and Masha, they have like their what is it, the dark horse pick. Um so like last I did my segment with the fantasy spit outs and fantasy gyms. I like fantasy spit outs. Uh, I like that as a name. Not so sold on fantasy gyms yet. <laughs> I think maybe like fantasy throw-ins or something. But, you know, I just want to do little different fantasy segments. So uh, this last one I'm going to do, I'm going to call it the chill kill pick. All right. So chill because this is chill this days. And these are guys who are probably chilling on your waivers who will kill it when you insert a material light up. All right. The chill kill pick. All right. We got Charlie Moore, dude. I'm going to go with it. Like the forehand game is interesting to me. And he got 12th last year. He's from Texas. I'm kind of rolling with that pick. Um, if you still have Zach Arlinghouse or Connor Rock on waivers, I like them as more long-term plays. But for this particular one, I'm going to go with Charlie Moore. And then I'm going to go Caroline Henderson. Or if she's still available, I'm going Caroline Henderson. I have a feeling a lot of people have probably scooped her up. But if she's still available, I would go Caroline Henderson. If not, I'm going Hannah Hoon. We'll see if I can get that name figured out. But those are my chill kill picks. I'm going Charlie Moore. And then um, Caroline Henderson or Hannah Hoon for this week. All right, dude. I think uh, I think that was a pretty good preview. I think we touched on most of what I was looking to. Uh, I think that will do it for this episode of Chill This Days, a sports ethos presentation. Again, I am your host, Matthew Williams. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Mr. Chilliams and Instagram at Chill This Days. Thank you so much for listening, and may all your bogeys become birdies.